we're starting a new series called The Portrait of a Servant. And so we're now in this section of Acts chapter 6. Over to Acts chapter 13, we see nearly every chapter a different portrait, as if painting a picture of, you know what, this is what it looks like in a life. And today we're looking at what Barnabas looked like. And Dan, would you come on up and share the scripture we have for Barnabas? He's a unique guy. Some of these other chapters, like for example, chapter 8, it's all about Philip. Chapter 9, it's all about Paul. Chapter 10 is all about Peter. Chapter 6 and 7, it's all about Stephen. But Barnabas, he pops up again and again and again. He's one of those guys. He's just always around. And so starting in chapter 4, last week we saw him. We see him in chapter 9 in Paul's story. Chapter 11 is a very pivotal spot for Barnabas. And Dan will read a scripture there. And then we see him in chapter 13 continuing on. So Dan is one of our six elders. Take it away. Well, good morning, church. Uh, I'm reading from Acts 11, 22 through 26. When the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. Thank you, Dan. So this is not an actual picture of Barnabas. I looked long and hard, couldn't find one. So we have to imagine what this guy looked like today. And actually, the author of Acts does a pretty good job painting a portrait of this man. And it starts in chapter 4. This man has been a great encouragement to me this week. You ever met someone and you're like, just immediately, you're like, I know I need to be more like that guy, right? They don't spend a ton of time teaching you how to be like them, but just by their example, you see that and it inspires you. That's how I felt for Barnabas this week. And not because of Barnabas, but because of the Holy Spirit in Barnabas. I want to be more like God. Imitate him as he imitates Christ, right? And so he leaves this wake, an amazing wake of, of good relationships, a wake of influence. He comes alongside a lot of people. He does it in chapter 4 with the apostles. He does it with Paul in chapter 9. He does it with the church in Antioch, chapter 11. And then he goes on missionary journeys. Just continues this amazing wake. What do you want to do with your life? You want to leave a wake behind you? And then listen up. So, chapter 4 says, for instance, for example, okay, why, why, are, why is the author talking about Barnabas here? It's because he's an example. Right? He's the first one of our portraits here that we see. And he's just your average Joe, right? His name's actually Joseph, okay? But I didn't know that. I looked at it and go, it's Joe. What do you know? Normal guy. And he gets the nickname Barnabas. And Barnabas, the word bar is son of, and Nabi means an, an exhorter, a prophet. And it tells us specifically which way to translate Barnabas by saying it means son of encouragement. 
says he was from the tribe of Levi and he came from the island of Cyprus. He sold the field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. So here's a fun reflection on this guy. He's a Levite, which means he's to work in the temple offering sacrifices. But Jesus died as the sacrifice for our sins and rose again. So he believes in Jesus. So guess what? He's out of a job. <laughs> right? I mean, how many Levites were out of a job when Jesus died and rose again? He might be one of them. So he's out of a job, though his training is to care and maintain the temple and household of God. But it's no longer this physical temple that he sought as holy, God's treasured possession. He'd care for it meticulously. Instead, now, he realizes the temple of God is the people of God. It's the church. And I think it's with that same attitude he starts to come alongside the church. Saying, let me care for you. Says he was native to Cyprus. He sold a field. Now, this is the beginning of showing us some great generosity in the church. Um, note about Le- Levites, they weren't allowed to own land in Israel. So for him to sell a field raises some questions. It doesn't tell us why he owned a field. Now, it could be a field from Cyprus, because you could own land outside of Israel. So it could have been an inheritance that he sold. We don't know. Um, Jeremiah redeemed some land as a prophet, who was also a Levite. So he could have redeemed some land. Maybe that was the case. One speculation was it could have been some burial, burial ground where he says, you know what? My dead body doesn't need that. <laughs> Let me give this to the church. Or maybe he just wrongfully owned land and repented. We don't know what Barnabas was like before he knew Christ. So we don't know the, the reasons, but whatever it was, it was very generous. Okay? It was beyond a 10% tithe. And I think for a Christian perspective of giving is that we give a hundred percent tithe that is what god has called now he doesn't say all of that should go towards the church but it's all god's is it not it's all his and so every day should start with lord how do you want me to use what you have given me that's the attitude of a servant okay we ended last week by saying this idea of re-gifting what do we have that we have not received? We're to re-gift that to others. Some of that's for our own needs, some of our own enjoyment, okay? To take care of our family, to reinvest in our business, right? But whatever it is, you have to have that good conscience before God saying, yeah, this is right where you want me to put it. So that word encouragement is a defining factor for this guy. And the word is parakaleo. And so para, that's where we get paraprofessional, paralegal. It's coming alongside the process of something. And then kaleo is a verb which means to exhort, to urge, to encourage. So he was a man of reputation that, man, wherever he goes, he's an encouragement to those. He comes along the process of those people. Is that friendly voice in the process, much like a, a coach in sports. 
not just task-oriented, but keeps the heart engaged the whole time as well, helping bring out the best in someone. And you'll see him do that. He does it first with, I mean, he does it for the apostles coming alongside them and helping them. He does it for Paul here in chapter 9. Paul's having a tough go here. He becomes a Christian. He starts preaching in Damascus. They try and kill him, so they lower him through a basket, through a window to escape. He comes to Jerusalem, and then he needs a friend. And look at this verse that's next. It says, Saul arrives in Jerusalem. Now don't get confused. Saul is the name of Paul, okay? Before um, his name changed. But it says, so Saul arrived in Jerusalem. He tried to meet with the believers, but they were afraid of him. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. He tries to connect into the fellowship, and they don't let him. Now, I don't know if they actually locked the door in their church service to him, okay? But there is such a thing as giving a cold shoulder to somebody. He attempts to connect, and he gets the cold shoulder. People say, I, I know this guy's reputation, okay? I don't think he really changed. But Barnabas shows up. It says, Barnabas brought him. He finds him, and he brings him to the apostles. And he vouches for him. He told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus, how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. What if there had been no Barnabas? Would there be a Paul? I know there's different people in my life. There's no way I would be who I was without their involvement in my life. There's people that you know that could be totally different because of knowing you. And God has placed you in their life. Continue on here. So as a result of this, Paul gets accepted into the church and continues to grow. And this is the third summary statement in Acts. It says that the church had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. With the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it grew in numbers. So there... They understood the assignment, okay? The assignment was go, be witnesses to Jerusalem, to Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So it's expanding. Now it's to, right? Bingo, number two, Judea and Samaria. It's continuing to grow. And it grows in encouragement from the Holy Spirit, it says. And this is really fascinating to me. So we see that word before as a verb, parakaleo. Now it it's used as a noun to describe the Holy Spirit's involvement in this. The noun is called parakletos. It's where we get the word paraclete. It's the Holy Spirit being a Barnabas to us. As we connect with the fellowship of Christ in the church, it sure helps, yeah, to have someone come alongside you as a friend. But the Holy Spirit is ready to be received. The Holy Spirit who will never leave nor forsake you. God himself wanting to dwell within you. 
And let me show you some verses about this paraclete. They're all in the Gospel of John. First one, Jesus says, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another advocate, a paraclete. So someone who comes alongside you to encourage and exhort and to urge you. Who will never leave you. The next verse in verse 26, but the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. And lastly, John 15, 26, I will send you the advocate, the Spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. So this portrait of Barnabas is rooted in who God is. Okay, if we miss that, it's another self-help sermon. It always starts and ends with who God is. And God is an encourager. He's the best coach you could ever have. The best mentor. And sometimes we worry about listening to his voice because we mistake that voice for the voice of the devil and the accuser who comes in and says, you're worthless. You're a mess up. You're stuck. You're not going to be nobody. It's true that this encourager will convict us of sin, but it doesn't leave us stuck. And it doesn't call us worthless. This encourager comes alongside and calls out from them their best, saying, with God's eyes, I see what you can become. And I see where that next step can be. And I want to encourage you to have the courage to take that step because I will be right there with you. And if you fall down, I'm going to pick you back up. As we learn about Barnabas today, most importantly is that we learn about who God is. And his desire to walk side by side with you through everything. Every trial, every mess up. God is better than Barnabas, all right? (laughs) That's where Barnabas gets it from. He learns how to parakaleo because he knows the parakletos, which is the Holy Spirit. Here's another, this, I think this is the shiny moment for Barnabas. I was blown away when I started to look at this. I said, okay, Paul, he wrote about half the New Testament. Pretty cool. Barnabas helped him get a start. Check out this church in Antioch. So Antioch in Acts 11, there's been some persecution that's hit the church. It's spread to the church and pushed it out. And the word of the gospel gets to a town called Antioch, which is the third largest city in the Roman Empire. At its peak, nearly a million people. It's at a trade route that can go west to Europe, east to Asia, south to Jerusalem, and beyond to Africa. So it was a big, big time spot. And so the gospel spreads there, and then in our first verse, it says that the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened. So they send Barnabas, a son of encouragement, to go to Antioch, to that church. Verse 23 says, When he arrived, he saw the evidence of God's blessing, and he was filled with joy. And he encouraged, Pericaleo, 
He encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Like that coach saying, keep going. Keep going. And then it gives this portrait, continues to paint the brush. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. He was a great example. People would see him full of the Holy Spirit, stand strong in his faith, and as a result, many people were being brought to the Lord. I think that's better than having a really fancy tombstone (laughs) and his burial lot that he potentially sold. He's investing a different type of legacy that got recorded in Scripture. So he's in Antioch. And then, again, what's he do? He goes to look for Saul, who's now in Tarsus. Saul got threatened to get killed again in Jerusalem, and he flees to his hometown. I don't know, maybe he's living in his parents' basement. But Barnabas goes to look for him, saying, you know what? Again, I can see what Paul could become here. And I love this teamwork. In a certain way, I think we're all called to be like Barnabas. At the same time, Barnabas knew he had a special wiring. He was a people-oriented guy. He was a relationship-oriented guy. Paul, not so much. Okay? They keep trying to kill him. <laughs> but Paul had a different strength. He could preach the word, man. He could bring the teaching of God. So Paul continues to bring a, be a partner. Or Barnabas becomes a partner to Paul. He brings them. They go back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there at, with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. And here at Antioch, the believers were first called Christians. Just fantastic ministry happening here. Barnabas knows the Holy Spirit and is acting like him. This whole church begins to get a reputation of, you know what, they, they look a lot like what we've heard about Christ. So let's call them Christians. Because they really look like this God that you're talking about. Verse 29 says, So the believers in Antioch, so they receive news that there's going to be a famine in the Roman Empire and that Jerusalem's really struggling. And so this new church gets mobilized. It's pretty cool. So the believers in Antioch decided to send relief to the brothers and sisters in Judea, everyone giving as much as they could. This they did, entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. So this church... I think it's a healthy church. They're connecting. They're growing in God's word. And now they too themselves are serving and sharing. It's contagious. The third largest city in the Roman Empire now is aflame to the point that they can support their sending church. <laughs> and this team of Barnabas and Saul that lists here In the next few chapters between here and chapter 15, this term, Barnabas and Saul, it happens 30 times. Okay? There's a dynamic relationship here working together. And in verse 13, let me show you another highlight of Barnabas. It says, Barnabas and Saul, they finished their mission to Jerusalem, so they're faithful with that task. 
they returned back to Antioch, taking John Mark with them. So they bring on another guy, John Mark. He ends up writing the first gospel. I just love this mentorship from Barnabas. Like, Barnabas, have you had any experience supervising or training people? Well, Paul, (laughs) writer of the gospel of Mark, I mean, the largest church in the world right now, Antioch, wherever he's going, and yet nobody knows him. We don't name our kids Barnabas. We name them Stephen, Peter, Paul, right? Not too many Barneys out there. I mean, the, the ones that are are pretty friendly faces, okay? The purple guy or Barney Fife, okay? Maybe we need more Barnabases. Not just by name, but by reputation. And I know there are many in this church whose examples, just by seeing you, I come away inspired. And I thank you for that. So, turning the corner now. So, the next verse here is now chapter 13, 1. So, these are, these are connected. So, they return, and now it says here, it says, Among the prophets and teachers at the church in Antioch, there's these seven guys of extremely diverse backgrounds. This Barnabas can get along with everybody. Okay? There's no ego. He doesn't need his name plastered on the wall. He's sharing this ministry with all of these people. And during this time of prayer one day, it says that they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, and the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I've called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Verse 4. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down to the seaport of Seleucia and then sailed to the island of Cyprus. There in that town of Salamis, they went to the Jewish synagogues and preached the word of God. John Mark went with them as their assistant. This is the start of the first missionary journey. They set sail And this begins a long expedition. The gospel unhindered, going throughout all the Roman Empire, by the end of Acts, getting to Rome itself. He understood the assignment. Do we understand the assignment? I'll note here, I really like that he goes to Cyprus first. Remember where he was from? I wonder if in his mind he goes, you know what? My friends from school, my cousins, they need to know about this. And maybe Paul, maybe he wasn't hiding in his parents' basement. Maybe he was doing the same thing in his hometown. Right? The Great Commission, he says, start in Jerusalem in your backyard first, then to Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. Guys, in a few days, you're going to be gathering with your families on Thursday. And I think we all have relatives that need to know this stuff. So we're going to draw out an application right now. I want you to take this out. 
okay? Take out your phone. And I'm going to show you how I accomplish most of my tasks during the day. I want you to set an alarm, <laughs> okay? I want you to set an alarm on your phone to repeat daily. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it right now so I know that you have enough time to do it. So take this out. Pull up an alarm. Pick the time. I'm going to go 6 o'clock, so at dinner each night. And when that alarm goes off, I want you to pray for that family member that God put, puts on your heart to pray for. Give the Holy Spirit a three-day head start. Do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Give the Holy Spirit a three-day head start. And then you show up and be the hands and feet of Jesus. You show up and be the Barnabas to that person. Pray that God will bring that person from death to life. He can do it. He did it with Jesus in three days. Be a Barnabas. Now some of you might be thinking, I could really use a Barnabas right now. Can't we all? That's another application here. You can invite people into your life. I mean, you can be a Barnabas. You can go talk to our Steve Prudy and Alan Ferris about being a life group leader. You could be a Barnabas. If you're wired like that, go for it. Let them know you're interested. We can put your name on the website or something so people can connect. But if you need a Barnabas, go talk to those guys too. Say, hey, I could use that. Pray for that. God will send you somebody. I remember a dark time in my life where I said, God, I'm so lonely right now. I could really use a friend. God sent me that friend. It was unexpected where it came from, but he sent that to me. And then lastly, if you're saying, I need that friend, your greatest need is the friend of the Holy Spirit to be in your life. Because even the best friend can only take your call at certain times of the day, right? Holy Spirit can take your call every moment, every time. No dropped calls. That is who you need in your life. And then you can learn from Him. Be like Him to others, right? It starts first in connecting with Christ. Growing in that. And then we can serve out of that. Praise God that He is so close. And we have eyes to see Him work. Hearts that respond to His voice. And this holiday season, we have Christmas in four weeks or so. If you want to keep that alarm set, do it. Do it for another four weeks, praying for that person, that the Holy Spirit come be that friend for that relative.
So I hope you liked my new friend Barnabas. I like him. I want to be more like him. But more importantly, you can trust the Holy Spirit to be a friend. And if you've never received him in your life, you can do that today. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then he changes our nature and gives us a new spirit. He dwells within us. Gives us a chance at a different life. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for coming alongside us to encourage us, to exhort us, to urge us, to call out from us what we were meant to be. Lord, to bring comfort. Lord, to remind us of your word. To prompt us to reach out in love. I pray that our church be led by that Holy Spirit as we serve and as we share these holidays. Let us be more like you through your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.